Hello and welcome to another We Are One podcast. This episode, we're going to be diving deep into the great grace of God. Stick around, it's going to be awesome. This is Ben Johnston, your host, with another podcast, and we're going to be jumping right into the great grace of God. Now, um, a lot of people have a lot of different ideas about what grace is, but we're going to start with what grace is not, okay? So grace is not the freedom to sin. A lot of people, they get really confused because when the, when they start to hear about all the amazing things that grace actually affords, they start to think, well, you know, I can just kind of do anything with my life. Uh, God's always going to forgive me, you know, 70 times seven, you know, it's always going to be all good. Uh, Grace is not the freedom to sin. Okay. It is unto something, Um, which leads me to my second thing. Uh, Grace is not a religious excuse for a lack of transformation. Well, you know, no one's perfect, you know, just give me grace, you know, um, only God can judge me, you know, (laughs) stuff that we take from even urban culture and we somehow try and superimpose it on the church. Um, Grace is not a religious excuse for a lack of transformation. If people don't want to change in their life, oftentimes they'll try and hide behind a, a very uh, anemic understanding of grace. And uh, oftentimes they'll try and uh, paint themselves in a corner and be very, very defensive and very, very reactive. And really uh, there's a rebellious slant to it. So it can be very dangerous, which is why a lot of people actually shy away from even talking and teaching on the grace of God, the way that I'm going to teach about it in this podcast. So you really want to pay attention. You might want to even re-listen to this, but it's good news, you guys. Okay. The third thing grace is not Grace is not a band-aid to cover an open wound, okay? So it's not like, well, you know, this is going on and I'm hurting and I'm jagged and I have unforgiveness and I have all this stuff going on, but there's grace. So I don't have to go to, you know, a counselor or I don't have to go and seek uh, inner healing or I don't have to actually forgive that person. You know, God's grace is enough to to cover it. This is very dangerous, okay? We can't have that kind of understanding when it comes to grace. So what is grace? What is grace actually, you might be asking? Um, and a lot of people have probably heard this definition of grace, that grace is unmerited favor. And to that, I would say, yeah, grace is totally unmerited, and it involves favor, but it's much, much more than that, okay? Grace is what empowers you to live as a new creation, as one who is like Christ, all right? So it's way, way more than just unmerited favor. Grace is the supernatural substance that sustains you and keeps you from human limitations. (laughs) It's pretty incredible as we dive kind of deeper into grace. We're not going to be able to get through everything in this episode, so we're going to need another episode, you guys. But uh, God gave me an acronym for grace. I'm just going to 
read it, right, starting with G. So godliness, redemptive, access, character, and evangelical. So those are, um, those are the uh, things that we're going to cover. All right, so dealing with G of grace, the G of grace, <laughs> godliness, or living like God. I love this scripture. The scripture is super rich. I encourage you when I share like a scripture, go and read it for yourself. Don't just take everything that I have to say to the bank, even though I know that I'm accountable for what I teach and what I share, um, whether it's on a podcast or from a platform. Um, so you can be sure that this has been thoroughly flushed through and uh, thoroughly researched as well. Okay. But second Peter one verses three and four says this, his divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. This is incredible. So his divine power has granted to us all things pertaining to life. That word life is the word zoe. And the word zoe is not just like life as we know it, all right? Uh, Zoe actually means um, the absolute fullness of life, both essential and ethical, which belongs to God. And through him, both the hypostatic logos and to Christ in whom the logos put on human nature. So in other words, this is talking about supernatural life, eternal life, right? Awesome. So as we get to know God, this is what this scripture is saying. As we get to know God, as we walk in relationship with him, all right, um, we start to become like him. That's essentially what the scripture is saying. His divine power is granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. How do we get there? Through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. So he's called us into uh, intimate relationship with him so that we can get to know him so that we can partake in these things. So, so good. Okay. By which he has granted to us his precious promises so that through them, you may become partakers of the divine nature. This is incredible. Having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. So Christ made a way for us to enter into the divine nature. How did he do this? This is just so incredible and so amazing. We're going to continue and I'll explain how he did this. But basically, grace empowers us to live godly. The second thing that grace does is grace is redemptive in nature. Grace is redemptive in nature. So this is the R in the acronym, okay? Colossians 2, verses 6 to 15. I'm just going to read right through this. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. See, this is so good because God has done so much for us. Our proper response to him is actually thanksgiving. He's done so much, so we can't help but be thankful, right? This is key. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according 
to Christ. This is so key because so often we get caught up in the same old, same old, perform to try and gain God's approval, do more, be more spiritual, and somehow hope to gain a super anointing or something of the sort. Um, Christ, the anointed one, has given you all of himself. You are lacking nothing. Uh, There's nothing that you could ever do that would even remotely impress him, but he loves you with an everlasting love. Man, he, he is so in love with you. I mean, he waits for you to wake up every morning. He waits in, in, te- in anticipation just to, to spend time with you, even to hear you. I'm telling you, he loves you so much, but he's not impressed with what you can do. Okay? So see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him. Just think about that for a second. In him, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him, who is the head of all rule and authority. In him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. And you who were dead in your trespasses and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt. This is so good, you guys. By canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. Remember the scripture says, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. All right? So this is, this is so key. The whole gospel is about redemption. The whole gospel is about redemption. All right? I'm going to read this part again. And you who were dead in your trespasses and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross, nailed to the cross, all your sin, everything that you've ever done, all the things that you feel disqualify you from him. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. The entire gospel is about redemption. That was God's plan from the very beginning. He is the great redeemer. He's the one that redeems. And that's what the gospel is all about. And because he has redeemed us, we now have access. And we're going to go right here to Ephesians chapter 2. And I just encourage you all to read the book of Ephesians. I want to give you a little bit of a backstory. Ephesians was not a letter to the Ephesians. And I know that, you know, that might trip some of you out. But there are reasons for that. 
one of the first ones being that Paul, when he would write a letter, he would always have some kind of personal address and he would make references to the people that he spent time with. And usually he wouldn't be releasing new information to kind of one place um, and not to other places. So you can see all of the, uh, the letters of Paul, there are similar themes throughout and there's not really any new information, but Ephesians has a lot of new information. So I actually call it the pinnacle of Paul's work. And don't take my word for it. Go ahead and take a look. Uh, but if you do research on this book, you will actually see um, that Ephesians 1, 1, where it says to the saints who are in Ephesus, that was actually added text, okay? So I want you to, uh, to research this. But if you can, read all of Ephesians. It will be so, so, so good for you. It will be so liberating and empowering, all right? But we're just going to take a little, little sliver right here, okay? So Ephesians 2, starting in verse 1. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now in work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Isn't that amazing? I'm going to continue verse 7, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Here's the verse we all know, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So there's a ton of stuff going on here. There is a ton of stuff. God being rich in mercy uh, and um, because of his great love, uh, even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. Okay, so um, this is the deal. Christ redeemed all of mankind. And of course, we, we understand that, that there has to be a, a receiving, there has to be an acceptance, there has to be, uh, a, you know, a, a stepping into what he did. There has to be a, a repentance, there has to be an acknowledgement, right? As the scripture says, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, if you come and you say, God, I'm in need of a savior, I, I can't do life like this anymore. I've tried. I've failed. I've hit my head against the wall. I've gone through so much stuff. I just can't do it anymore. You know, when you come to that point and when you're like, I need a savior, Jesus, will you come? <laughs> and, 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 and may, can we, can we do life together? I need you to, to cleanse me. I want to walk with you. I want to follow you. You know, when we make that decision, 
we enter into a reality that Jesus accomplished, okay? So I hope that makes sense to you. Uh, one other thing I want to look at here is that there's a big difference between the works of man and the works of God, okay? Uh, there, the scripture says there's a way that seems right unto a man, but it ends in death. Um, there's many, many scriptures that talk about how there is none righteous, no, not one. It talks about it in, in Psalms and, and uh, also in, uh, in Romans. So why am I saying that? Because in and, of, in and of ourselves, the good works or the good things that we do are not enough to save us. And Paul's pretty clear about this. See, because if we were able to be saved by our good works, then we wouldn't need a Savior. We wouldn't need Christ. We wouldn't need grace. And uh, I know that I've already given a definition of grace, how grace empowers you to be a new creation in God, but it's more than that. See, when we talk about God, God being rich in mercy or God being, you know, full of grace, you know, or God uh, in his love, we can't just talk about these things kind of as God's attributes because God is the creator of all things. So I just want to, I want to bend your mind a little bit here. If God is the creator of all things, if every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father above, from whom there's no varying, there's no variance, there's no shifting shadows, there's no change, okay? So if God is rich in mercy and love and grace, these can't simply be attributes that define God. They actually have to be interchangeable with God. And that's kind of a Selah moment right there. So when we think about love, God is love. Now, we know that according to 1 John, but, you know, do we really take time to think about that? God is not just merciful, God is mercy. So, in the same way, God is not just gracious, God is grace itself. Because he's the one that supernaturally empowers you. So, that substance of himself, okay? Anyways, I'll let you chew on that while we skip forward here. Ephesians 2. I'm going to skip down um, and I'm going to set up the situation. Paul is actually talking about how there's been uh, in the church a natural division and kind of a natural hostility between Jew and Gentile. So he's about to he's about to drop something here that's heavy. One of the reasons why Ephesians is so unique is, is that there's this, this progressive revelation that's led Paul uh, to this place, okay? Um, so here we go. Ephesians 2.14, For he himself, talking about Christ, is our peace, who has made us both one. So talking about Jew and Gentile, okay? But it, but it makes sense for us too, because technically most of us are Gentiles unless you're, you're Jewish, which is awesome. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one, and has broken down in his flesh, listen to this, the dividing wall of hostility, by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances. Okay? So the things that we had to do to get God's attention or the way that we had to perform in order to be righteous. All right? By abolishing the law of the commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two. 
this is crazy, in so making peace and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. So what is this saying? It's saying that regardless of where you came from, um, your upbringing, your culture, all of these things that have defined you as a human being, he's actually taking you out of your culture. He's taking you out of your background. He's taking you out of all of these things. And he's brought you now into himself. And we're all a part of this one new man or the new creation as we as we describe in 2 Corinthians 5.17. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, this is what we're talking about, in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away and all things have become new. Verse 17, and he came and he preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. Okay, so he's making that contrast with Jews and Gentiles. For through him, we both have, here it is, access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Come on. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Grace empowers you to live a godly life. Grace is redemptive in nature. It's all about Jesus and what he did for us. <laughs> Reconciling us to the Father, as it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And now we've been given that ministry of reconciliation so we can see others reconciled unto the Father, right? And now we have access, not because of what we've done. And I want to kind of revisit this. This famous verse in Ephesians 2.8 that says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. And I mentioned that before. It is the gift of God. What is the gift of God? It says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. Okay. So there's two elements here. There's grace and there's faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. What is? Both of them. Grace and and faith are both the gift of God. So we do need to understand faith too. And I, I will tackle that kind of in the next podcast. And we're going we're gonna to be landing the plane very soon, okay? But there's a difference between the works of man and the works of God. The works of man will try and reach for something so that we can somehow obtain more favor with God. Because we don't really believe that we have favor with God. See, God has given us all access. When Jesus died on the cross, the veil was torn, the veil of separation for the people to even enter the Holy of Holies, the table of sacrifice. It, it, was, it was cracked, right? It was split 
symbolizing that there was no longer a need to 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 bring our our these human elements before God. Not uh, there was no need for us to try and clean up our own act. The only thing we can do is receive the gift of grace, the gift of Jesus Christ, the gift of the Redeemer, the gift of the Savior, right? And we know, um, you know, the famous scriptures that we believe in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Verse 14, for uh, verse 17, sorry, for Jesus did not come into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Amazing. That's the gospel. That's the gospel. So it's not about what we can do. So there's a difference between the works of man and the works of God, because there are things that Christ has prepared for us. Now that we are saved, and now that we experience this freedom grace, this freedom grace, where there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, okay? Because there's a greater reality that's taken over, the reality of grace. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. So if you start to go back into the works of man, then you fall back into the law of sin and death. And remember, the, the wages of sin is death. If you fall back into that place of works, then all of the law starts to apply and you can never live up to the law. So it's a vicious cycle of you just falling into striving. But if you receive freely the gift of God, say, thank you, God, uh, and, and help my unbelief. That's where this comes in. Humility, approaching God, help my unbelief. I don't quite understand even how this fully works, but that's why it's called being born again. So often we come into Christianity and we just assume that we know things and we have, you know, often good intentions, but I'm sorry, God is not obliged to bless your good intentions. We don't come to God with a plan and, and, and like, hey, God, you know, I've got this, you know, and it sounds pretty good. You know, let me see if I can just pass it by God. You know, maybe he'll take a vote, you know, with the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. You know, Trinity takes a vote and sees, you know, if our, uh, if our idea is good enough. I know I'm, I'm joking, but this is what we do. And we come to God. With all of these things, like like the like the prodigal son who who had a plan when he was eating with the pigs, and he was like, even my my father's servants they eat better than this. I will rise up and I will go to my father, and and he has this planned speech, this prepared kind of thing that he goes, and the father doesn't even give him opportunity to share that, and he he redeems him, and he restores him. It's amazing, you guys. Amazing, amazing. So the works of God, though, are for us to grow up into who he intends us to be, just like Jesus Christ, co-heirs with Christ, mature sons. That's why it says in Ephesians 2.10, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. See, the works of God that he's prepared for us we can only accomplish by grace, which is his power that enables us to do those things. Does this make sense? So this is where we're kind of going to um, end here. So I wanted to leave you with uh, a really solid introduction and foundation. So grace, remember, is godliness. We covered that. It's redemptive in nature. 
gives us access. And this is the last scripture I'll read. Hebrews 4.16, we know this. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. I kind of had um, a vision one time where I went to the throne and it looked a little bit different. Now, you know, don't get all all worked up about, you know, a vision of the throne, you know. Um, but I actually saw as if I was approaching the father's uh, work desk, like in an office, so to speak. And uh, he had a big smile on his face and he looked at me and he handed me a folder. And I'm like, what is the folder? Oh, he's like, well, the very fact that I would use you is mercy. And I thought about it. I was like, man, it's true. You know, we've done so much. We have done so much, right? And Isaiah talks about all we like sheep have gone astray. Each one has turned to his own way, but the Lord has laid on him the iniquity for us all. So there's freedom, but mercy is what we need. You know, his mercies are new every morning. Mercy is you getting what you don't deserve. So he hands me this 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 folder and it has these, these sheets inside of it. And I said, what is this? And he said, this is mercy. And inside of this folder is your mission. If you choose to accept it. <laughs> and then I saw different giftings as I was flipping through this folder. And I said, well, what is this? And he said, this is the grace that you're going to need for the mission. So that's how I look at Ephesians 2.10, that we're his workmanship created for the good works that that he's laid out for us, right? Uh, we all know this um, scripture in Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the thoughts that I have concerning you is, is one way it said, or the plans I have for you declares the Lord plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you hope and a future, right? So there's, there, we've got things to do in this grace thing. We have got things to do. So let us with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. All right. Uh, so this is this is all that I'm going to share for this podcast. Uh, the next podcast, we're going to jump into how grace empowers um, the ability for our character to change. So it's not enough for us to live just in freedom grace, although sometimes it takes a long time just to just to understand and receive and rest. That's right. It's not about doing. It's about being. Christ has done it. We don't have to impress him. You know, we have all access. There's no more first-class curtain. You know, like on the airplane, you know, you can hear stuff going on behind the first-class curtain. You've heard that it's awesome and that's great, but, you know, you can only afford, like, economy class. No, Jesus made a way for you to have all access. You can enjoy. There's freedom. But as I said before, grace is not freedom to sin. Grace is not a religious excuse for a lack of transformation. Now that we enjoy, and this Paul talks about this. If you want to look at it further, Romans 5 to 7, Paul deals with this stuff, but I'll teach you on the podcast as well. So grace is unto transformation. So we're going to talk about that in our next episode. Let me pray real quick with you guys. Father, I thank you for everyone that's listening to this podcast. And I thank you, Lord, that we have this ability to disciple uh, people really from all over the world. And I just pray that if they never knew that this is was this was what the cross afforded them, freedom, that it is for freedom that we've been set free. God, I thank you that it's not by our works. 
God, I thank you that you're so, so incredible and awesome. Uh, God, you made a way where there seemed to be no way. You, you left the 99 and you came after the one. You found us and you showed us kindness and gentleness. We thank you. That's your kindness that leads us to a place of, of, of repentance, of turning away and now walking a, a brand new way that we haven't before. God, I thank you that your grace is so amazing and we need to understand what the cross afforded us because we need to grow up. We need to grow up. We've received you. And um, I love uh, how your word says, as many of that, uh, that received you, you gave the right to become sons of God. And that's what we want to grow up into, mature sons who you can trust and, and, and you can give us assignments, uh, not because you know we're trying to, to find out who's your favorite, but because we get to serve you and we get to see your kingdom expand and we get to love people and we get to change the world for you. So Father, I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, my friends, we've come to the end of our episode. Um, if you haven't subscribed, we're now on Anchor. We're on Overcast. We're on Spotify. We are on Apple. We are on Google Podcasts. So make sure that you subscribe. If you know someone that would benefit from this episode, text them, send them a message, you know, share it with them um, because we're going deep into the things of God. And I'd also love to hear feedback from you. If you're listening to this, you can email me, ben at weareone.ca. You can connect with me on social media. I am Benjamin Johnson on Instagram or Ben Johnson on Facebook. You can also check out our ministry at We Are One Ministries on Instagram or facebook.com slash We Are One Ministries. God bless. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll chat again soon.